Jesus with the greedy extortionist uh, from Luke chapter 19, the first uh, ten verses. Hear the word of God. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was of small, small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on his word. Uh, Lord our God, we give you thanks that you speak to us, um, that you speak to us in our, uh, in our confusion, you speak to us in our frustration, you speak to us in our, our self-reliance or self-righteousness. Um, Lord, we come to you, uh, we come to you with many distractions tonight. Uh, we come to you uh, with many things on our minds, perhaps with, uh, perhaps with guilty consciousnesses, perhaps, um, Lord, with excitement for your work in our life. But Lord, we come uh, asking that you would show your grace to us, how uh, that you would show uh, your mercy and your goodness uh, to those, uh, to those like us, to us who are who are undeserving of anything from you. Uh, but you are a good God who delights to give you things. Lord, we thank you for this passage and ask that you would work even through the words that I would bring, um, that you uh, would cause them to sink into our hearts as they, as they reflect your truth, uh, that we would be transformed uh, by it, uh, that we would reach out to others, um, Lord, that, um, uh, that you would receive the glory. Uh, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus then with the, with the greedy extortionist, if that's uh, not too harsh there to speak of, uh, to speak of Zacchaeus. I tell you, the, the people of Zacchaeus' day would not have thought of that as too harsh at all for how to, to speak of him or someone else with his profession. Uh, and going through the series of Jesus with people, uh, we've seen how Jesus talks with all types of different people, different backgrounds, different struggles, different questions, different places. Uh, and here we get a brief glimpse into his interaction uh, with Zacchaeus, the the very wealthy, uh, rich a tax collector who was a greedy uh, extortionist. Um, but in these various things, in this passage in particular, I want to be encouraging you to, to think about the same questions. We see Jesus talking to all these different kind of people. What would it be like to yourself be with Jesus? For Jesus to be with you, uh, speaking with you, how would that conversation go? What are the questions that you would love to be able to sit down and ask Jesus and hear uh, how he would respond to them, what he would say? Um, what are the things perhaps that he would, that he would target in your heart uh, to draw you away from other things and draw you to himself and strengthen uh, your faith? Uh, how are ways that he might encourage you, 
Uh, how are ways that Jesus might uh, challenge you? He speaks so directly, and in each of these different instances, uh, people that he's dealing with, might he challenge you, draw your faith uh, toward him? What would a conversation with Jesus uh, be like uh, for you? It's encouraging to see all these ways that Jesus interacts with people. And one of the things that we see throughout is that uh, being in the presence of Jesus, being uh, with Jesus changes your life. No one, no one leaves the conversation with Jesus or time with Jesus unaffected by it. Right? Uh, sometimes the story ends, we're not sure where they go, um, and, and sometimes they're set further in their way, uh, and sometimes uh, everything has changed. Everything is turned around through the time of Jesus, uh, but God's word doesn't return to him void coming out of Jesus' mouth. It doesn't return a void. We see no one leaves uh, being with Jesus unaffected. The Pharisees are, are further hardened against Jesus, right? The, the more that, that Jesus speaks with them, the, the more they're planning to kill him. The more they're plotting against him and saying, we have to do something against uh, this one who is here. Or others like Nicodemus who we see uh, them turning. But in, in this simple and really very brief story uh, of, of Zacchaeus, we see Zacchaeus' life changed. Uh, the one who was a greedy extortionist up to this point, by the end of the passage, uh, becomes, we could say, a generous uh, philanthropist. He's, he's giving of his wealth. Uh, he's returning it to the poor. He is, he, his whole life has been changed and turned around. All because Jesus has come to his house. All because he has met salvation through Christ. Whatever uh, small way maybe that we're able through this story, um, we must be amazed at just the beauty and the glory of conversion. As the passage has shown us, Nicodemus' uh, conversion, the radical heart and whole life change of, of true conversion, where the old is gone and the new has come. Uh, someone being tur- turned out of darkness and walking now in God's marvelous light and the joy of that. That's beautiful. If anything is beautiful, uh, this is beautiful. The angels in heaven rejoice. We are to rejoice as we, as we look at this. As we go through looking at this story, I would encourage you as well to ask yourself the question, how does being with Jesus affect me? How does reading these conversations uh, affect me? How does hearing his word affect you? Uh, some of you, as soon as I say the word conversion, all, all kind of things are brought back from you from a particular point in time of your life that you look back to and say, this is when God took hold of me. Uh, this is when, for me, everything changed. This is when suddenly the, the lights go on, went on, and things just made sense like they never made sense before. Uh, where my heart overflowed with excitement and love for God, and I didn't even understand why. Uh, and I've seen God work in these. Others of you, it's not that you can point to a particular uh, point in time when, when these things happen, and yet still uh, that experience of a new heart uh, that, that realigns the whole of your life uh, is there, and you hear this and you rejoice in the same way, and we look and we see uh, ways that God is working, and we're uh, amazed at what he does. Uh, now to others of you, you're talking about conversion may, may quickly make you uneasy. Uh, you've been affected maybe in many ways through, through being in the church, through, through hearing Christ and his words. Um, but at other times you're, you're, you're unsure if it's like any of this. And you hear all those stories of radical conversion. You say, well, is that, is that what I've experienced or, or is it not? And uh, if, if you're still if that's something that you're constantly working over and struggling with, I would love to, to talk to you about that more. 
It could be that you're not converted, right? It could be that you're, that you're not converted, that you haven't seen your need for, for whole life change. That's, that's not your story yet. And instead of pretending or trying to make that happen, you're called to look to Jesus. Or maybe on the other side, maybe you're, maybe you're a true Christian. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe these things are hard and you work through it. But either way, uh, look to Jesus, hear him call and encourage and, and build up uh, faith in him. And some of you may be here thinking, like, as soon as we mention the word conversion, you're like, okay, good. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk about this because this, this is weird, right? This whole conversion thing. I've heard people outside the faith just say, this whole conversion stuff is one of the really weird things about Christianity. Maybe, maybe one of you feels like you've kind of lost a friend who you used to hang out and do things together and you went to parties together, uh, but then your friend became kind of a Jesus freak. And they talked about being converted. And then they wanted to talk to you about the Bible all the time and pray. And you're like, what's... What's going on here? This is, this is an odd change that just happened in the middle of what I thought was, uh, was a normal friendship and something else happened. Well, what's, that, what's that all about? Or maybe it's even just weird or even scary uh, to think about your whole life uh, changing in some, in some radical sense. Uh, what would that mean for you? What would that look like? Um, but in this story with Jesus and Zacchaeus, when we look at that story, all of us look at it and see, uh, see how incredible it is. See the amazing things that God works in a man who all he cared about was taking money from other people and piling up his possessions. And at the end of the story, he's given half of everything away and saying that he'll restore anything that he's stolen when his whole life has been stealing things uh, from people. And that's what we want to see happen. That's something that we uh, rejoice in. And Jesus says about this, that this is what his whole mission is about. To seek and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus, with all the things going on in his life, is lost, and Christ has come to seek and says salvation has come to him. So as angels rejoice over this, uh, we should rejoice in every reading of this and just being reminded of the wonders uh, that God uh, works here. Uh, so, so first of all, to look at the first point, uh, to see how Zacchaeus begins as a greedy extortionist. Where we, that's where we meet Zacchaeus in the passage. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any job in our society that exactly compares or even, even comes very close to comparing with the chief tax collector uh, in, in that day. Um, if there is, I hope you don't aspire to, to be in that job. Um, but uh, tax collectors in this day were despised, uh, looked down on as the scum. Uh, moral low life, uh, dregs of society uh, in, in so many men, ways. And, and look down on not for what they didn't have. Right? There's a lot of different people or, or types of people that, you, that we in our society look down on for what they don't have. Zacchaeus was wealthy. He had everything maybe but uh, social status. Um, um, but he's looked down on for what he does have. He's looked down on for, for how he got it. Uh, off the backs of other people's labor. Here's the best comparison that I can think of is the uh, kind of stereotypical school bully, right? The, uh, you know, the, the guy who's like a foot taller than everyone else because he's like failed two grades of school and so he comes around at recess or on the way to school and he gets all the smaller kids and he's like, give me all your lunch money, right? Um, that was essentially what the tax collector's job was in that day. Um, 
And Jericho was built along what was, was a, a major trade area, a major trade, trade route, and the tax collector, the type that Zacchaeus was, was a toll collector. So when people are bringing their merchandise from one place to another or into the city to sell, um, Zacchaeus and, and those that he was o- over, these other uh, tax collectors, would come to them and say, give me all your lunch money. Uh, their, their job was to, was to take people's stuff. That was their job. They were authorized to do so. They were authorized by the Roman government, right? So like, just like with that bully, like you've got no one else to appeal to, or you can try to your parents, but I mean, he's just going to hit you hard the next time, right? Um, you, you've got, it, was, it was their job. They're authorized uh, to do that. Um, and instead of a toll booth, like you have if you go down to Orlando, it's one of my least favorite things about Orlando is the toll booth. But instead of the toll booth, I guess I'm glad there's toll booths there because here there's no like particular place that they would necessarily stop you. From what I understand, uh, they could teach you at various different points along the way. Maybe all of them along your way and say, okay, um, you need to pay the tax now. Doesn't matter if you paid it like 10 yards ago or whatever. I'm sure it didn't happen to that degree. Uh, but still, um, and instead of there being like a set price, uh, they would kind of look at all your stuff and, and assess the value of the things that you had, and you had to pay whatever percentage on, on that stuff. So, so the more the tax collector wanted, well, I think what you have really is valuable, right? Uh, the price goes. So imagine if you're down in Orlando, annoying as it is, and you get on uh, the toll road there, fire turnpike coming into Orlando, and you pull up to the toll booth, um, instead of pulling out your 250 or whatever it is for that one big toll, right, they, uh, they stop and they look at you and they're like, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the make of the car you're driving there? What year is it? Uh, how, many, how many miles you got on, the, on that thing? Uh, how many of y'all are, are there in there? How much do you make a year? Okay, write that down. You got any, any uh, you know, stuff in there that's worthwhile? Like okay, well, I think for you that's going to be about seventeen fifty. You're like, what? And as soon as you start complaining, it's like, oh no, look there, I guess that is a little bit nicer trim. You got the LX passengers on that. That'll be that'll be nineteen fifty. Yeah, keep arguing with me. This is my job. We're not going anywhere. That's not going up, right? You have to do this. Um, and and on top of all of this, uh, their job in collecting all these taxes is still to give it to the Roman government. Right, like, uh, all right, a fair, pretty hefty portion, as I understand it, went into their own pockets uh, for this. They have to be, you know, compensated for this hard work that they're, that they're doing. I mean, it's hard to be a bully, right? I mean, who pays the bully, right? Well, the Roman government. Um, uh, but, but they were giving these funds to the Roman government. So i uh, put it this way. You know, we've got, we've got FSU police, right? FSU PD. Uh, imagine, thankfully it's not this way. Imagine a bad FSU PD. Right, and, and the FSU cop's job is to go around and catch you in between classes or while you're coming in and out of the parking garage or whatever car and, uh, and take your money. Right? That's his job. Catch you at various different points and collect money from you for being here and whatever else. Like, and he's constantly taking your money. And what he does with it is, besides putting a lot of it in his own pocket, is go support U.S. football, right? He's, a, he's one of the biggest donors to their boosters, right? <laughs> Uh, there couldn't be someone almost we would despise more if they were like that on this campus. Everyone constantly complaining and talking about uh, the bad FSU cop that gives the UF boosters and like the secret ways of what we wanted to do to them. Um, uh, I'm not going too far here. I'm giving you things. That, that's how people thought of Zacchaeus. Um, that's the type of messed up, horrible, despised by society and and rightly rejected in some ways by a lot of people that, that Zacchaeus was. 
That was his nature. That was his character. That was his job. That's how people saw him. And, and Zacchaeus, this particular greedy extortionist, Zacchaeus, for whatever reason, was, was interested in seeing Jesus. Her Jesus was coming through Jericho, and he wanted to see uh, Jesus. Jesus was passing through uh, almost to Jerusalem, right? Uh, through the course of the gospel. And we know, we know why he's going to Jerusalem. Uh, we know what he's going uh, to do there. And we might be surprised that Zacchaeus would even care at all. Right? I mean, like, he's not really going to collect much money from Jesus, right? Um, Jesus wasn't carrying around, like, the, uh, the load of cash or extra wares there. Uh, maybe he's just interested in the spectacle of the, the crowds. Heard a lot of talk about Jesus. Maybe, maybe something more. Um, in fact, I think we, we need to have at least some appreciation of Zac- Zacchaeus' desire to see Jesus. Um, I mean, and so much so that even when he gets out there to the crowd, right, he's like, I can't see, I can't see. He lifts up and he, like, he climbs up the sycamore tree, right, and the song's playing through your head right now for you Sunday school folks. If you don't know, ask someone who, who's smiling right now to sing you that song, uh, sing that song for you later. Um, so, but I can't imagine that in Zacchaeus' day and in Jericho, it was any more... Uh, socially acceptable um, for a grown businessman, a wealthy grown businessman, to be seen climbing up or sitting up in a tree uh, than it would be today, right? Um, and if you walked around campus, there's some pretty nice big live oaks. Um, some of them kind of beckon to you to like climb up there. So, yeah, climb up in those one day and see how people look at you, right? Um, Zacchaeus, uh, like I'm sure the Pharisees wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have done this, but Zacchaeus is climbing up there wanting to see, uh, wanting to see Jesus. Um, and I think it's helpful for us to appreciate that. I think a lot of people at FSU would be very embarrassed to be in this room right now or for other people to know it, um, to be in a Christian meeting, to, or to be seen carrying your Bible, or, or worse than that, like reading your Bible in front of other people. Like if you're just kind of checking out a Christian meeting because a friend has invited you and you're like, oh, I've been saying no for like nine weeks now, maybe I should go this week. Uh, like it's not the thing that goes up on the Facebook status like, hey, everyone, I'm going to see what Jesus is about, right? Going to this Christian meeting. Um, but Zacchaeus, that's where, that's where he is. He's wanting to see Jesus and uh, even this greedy extortionist. And in, I think when he's saying like, well, uh, a fascinating turn of events Jesus, in passing through, uh, not only sees him and notices him, but speaks to him, calls him out, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because I must stay in your house today. Right? Um, now, you appreciate this. Like Jesus says at the beginning there, uh, as uh, Jesus was pa- he entered Jericho and was passing through. He's not planning to stay there, right? He's, he's passing through Jericho on his way there. Uh, but as he speaks to Zacchaeus, he says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at your house. It seems to be I'm going to spend the night um, at your house. He says, I must. And in the Greek, it's necessary for me. There's something uh, driving me here where it's important for me to be staying at your house. Um, uh, we kind of expected there. And Zacchaeus, he complies joyfully. And... Uh, and it says, then everyone else, all of them, right, are grumbling. Grumbling, for he's gone into the house of a man to be a guest in the house of a man who was a, was a sinner. I mean, to go back to my crazy analogy of the FSU, I mean, if Jesus was coming through, uh, coming through Kansas, 
Right, and all kinds of people are out there to see, you know, crowd around Jesus. Um, and this bad FSU cop that steals money from students and gives it to uh, Gator football, right, is there. And we see Jesus notice that person. We're like, all right, get him, Jesus. It's like, tear him up. You, you know the wrong that he's been doing. You know all things. All right, get him what he deserves, right? We want to go the comeuppance route, right? Um, and uh, here he is. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and he, it's like he would speak to that person and say, hey, Pat FSU PD cop, we're going to Moe's. We need, I, I, I must hang out with you. We need to spend time together here. And I was like, I don't want to hang out with Jesus. He didn't talk to me. What's he doing with that guy? Like, that's the, that's the guy we all hate. He gives money to cater football. He steals our stuff. Jesus is hanging out with him. What's, what's going on here? Um, Jesus speaks with the greedy extortionist. Maybe we don't like that. Maybe we wouldn't want Jesus to speak with uh, greedy extortionists. We prefer for him to ignore them or condemn them. But the beauty of this passage, the beauty of Christ's mission and the gospel is when Jesus uh, speaks with someone, they don't leave unaffected. And Zacchaeus, who is the greedy extortionist, uh, becomes in the next few verses of uh, the generous philanthropist. Uh, salvation meets the household of uh, the house of Zacchaeus as the passage puts it. Uh, you know, to move to the second point then, to a generous uh, philanthropist, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, right away, or the next thing that we hear in the passage, apparently there's probably more in between there. The next thing we hear is Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, and that's, that's not really a hypothetical there, um, he's defrauding, he's admitting, really, uh, in the way this is, uh, he's admitting his defrauding. All that I've defrauded of anyone, I'll restore it uh, four times the amount. Um, uh, a life change, an amazing, beautiful life change has taken hold of Zacchaeus. His life, his character, who he is has changed from being with Jesus from being in, G- in Jesus' presence. And we're not told more of their conversation. We're not told of particular things that Jesus uh, might have said uh, to Zacchaeus, how he might have challenged him, how he might have uh, invited him to faith and salvation, how he might have told him how his life needed to change. Um, but the effect on Zacchaeus is evident. What the, the scripture draws the focus to, he declares a new pattern of life. Unlike anything of how he's lived before that, a new pattern of life coming from a new heart, a change within him. A greedy extortionist has become a generous uh, philanthropist. Uh, there, there's some people that we know or that we think about, maybe that we care about or maybe that we, not as much, but there's some people that we wish would change. That we wish that they would or that they could change the pattern of what their life looks like. Uh, maybe it's because what they do frustrates you. Uh, maybe it's because it's someone you care for, someone that you love, and you see how they hurt themselves, you see how they hurt others around them, and what all has come from that we long for that change. Um, just this past Sunday, I was preaching at a, at a church in town, and a couple from out of town uh, came up and just talked to me afterwards about uh, a, a son of theirs who's, who's out of college, but they just started talking to me about the story and just how much they, how much they prayed to God for his salvation. 
how much they long to see his conversion, that he would say about himself that he knows those truths and in some sense considers himself to be a, tr- a Christian, but the pattern of his life is nothing like following Christ. Um, and he would admit to that. And um, without going into detailed stories, as I just said, of how, how much he's in pain for the things that he's done, uh, the things of how he's hurt others, and the whole mess that piled up of, of people that were, that were drawn into it, where he feels himself stuck, uh, they feel him stuck, and, and they and he are both uh, hurting from the whole situation. Um, and they desire for his, for his heart to be changed, for a different pattern of life uh, that, we, that we long for. Um, uh, Karen and I were watching a uh, movie uh, the other night, that he just, and whatever odd reason still made me, made me think about this more, it was... Uh, Really cheesy chick flick. Uh, the uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I watched these with parents. I really love her. <laughs> um, what was it called? The Ghost of Girlfriend's House. Is that what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, other people have seen it. The guys are still like, what? Um, with Matthew McConaughey, and it was kind of like this uh, uh, take off of. Uh, the whole Christmas story, Christmas Carol, uh, Scrooge uh, story. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey's character is a total, total player, a uh, total sleazebag. He's learned all the moves from his uncle that he essentially worships and lives life going from one girl to the other to the other, and not like in a matter of months, more like in a matter of days or maybe hours, right? And he's visited by these different girlfriends from his past trying to show him like, just how screwed up that is. All the different people that he's hurt over the past. All the things that he's missing out of because of this. Um, and, and this all takes place over this weekend where he's wherever for his brother's wedding. His brother's getting married. And there, there's all these ghosts are visiting him. And, and over the course of, of the evening or the day or whatever, he messes so many things up that the, that the wedding is off. Uh, he's made so many mistakes, even here, and brought out those things uh, that, the, that the wedding is off. And you're, you're just you're seeing it. Like you're seeing how messed up he is and how much that's hurt other people and where all this is leading. You're like, oh, this needs to change. Like something, something here needs to be different that we long for. Um, uh, and hopefully that relates to you. I just saw the movie. It really made me think about conversion more. Um, uh, those, are, those are things like if you know people who are players, it doesn't just, it's not just going to change, right? Um, how's, how's that going to happen? Um, you, you know people in your life that you, maybe you pray for their conversion. Maybe you just experience life with them. You're like, man, I wish we didn't have to deal with this anymore. I wish they didn't have to go through these struggles, depression, or uh, consequences of, of the choices they've made. Um, this is the work that Jesus is about, to seek and to save uh, the lost. Um, and we want to appreciate just how significant that is uh, here to see, to see Zacchaeus, this man who is very rich, who Jesus said salvation has come to his house, right? Um, and we, we looked a few weeks ago at Jesus um, with the rich young ruler. In Luke, that's just a few verses before. Right? Like, if you're reading through it, you feel like, wait, didn't Jesus just say, like, how difficult it is uh, for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God? Um, hasn't he just said that, uh, that with man that's impossible uh, for them to be saved? It's, Luke talks a lot about uh, riches and poverty. And in Luke, it doesn't say, blessed are the poor in spirit. It says, blessed are the poor. And then he goes on as a, a verse later or so to say, uh, but woe to you who are rich. Uh, for you have your consolation now. Uh, you know, terrible, the rich fool that stores up his possessions 
only to die that night. Um, Luke 16, where it says you cannot serve God and money. Um, so so we're, not, we're not expecting the salvation of the rich as he comes to speak with Zacchaeus. We've just seen the man walk away sad because he's unwilling to give up uh, what he's had. We're not expecting to see Zacchaeus' salvation here. So, nor are we expecting someone who is physically blind to all of a sudden be able to see. And as Jesus is entering uh, Jericho in the verses just before, uh, at the end of chapter 18, just before Zacchaeus, uh, two blind men are, uh, are calling out to him, have mercy on me uh, and restore my sight. And Jesus says, recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Uh, these are the miracles that Christ worked. This is what his mission is about. And, and just as true, more so for Zacchaeus, the rich man, it's impossible for him to come and enter into the kingdom uh, from himself. But with God, all things are possible. Uh, it's a supernatural miracle of conversion. Uh, the 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. He's a new creation of God, moving from death to life, out of darkness uh, into this marvelous light. So I would expect here, the passage talks about the grumbling beforehand, and with the blind men it talks about the rejoicing. Um, and I don't think we can understand what Zacchaeus is, is saying, and for that to be true without there being much rejoicing and celebration uh, at this man's conversion. If not for his conversion, then for the effects of it, Right? He just said, half of everything I own, I'm giving to the poor. Um, there are needy people and needy families who, <clears throat> that's good news for them. This is, this is changing. This is going to, I mean, Zacchaeus, we're not told how much money he had, uh, but it would go a long way in helping out the needy and the poor there in Jericho. Uh, God reaches into his heart, changes him, and the effects of that uh, go out to others and to others. I mean, uh, yes, he says, uh, uh, if I've defrauded anyone, I'll restore it fourfold. I mean, the news of that gets out, and there's a line at Zacchaeus' door. It's going to stretch a mile long, right? All the merchants as they come in are like, hey, go over to Zacchaeus' house uh, first. He's going to give you back all the stuff he's stolen from you in the past, and three times more of that amount, right? It's four times of the total amount that he stole from you. You're like, no, no, you're like, like, really? No, that's too good to be true. That didn't really happen. This Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, you're setting me up for something. This is what God works out. This is the beauty of it. This is something that only happens uh, through God's work of, of creating Zacchaeus as a new uh, person. Um, listen, this is what we would love to see all around us. That's what we love to see in us, love to see all around us. <clears throat> I mean, what, uh, what laws or peace agreements or, or soldiers or governmental uh, rules or authorities can create and can enforce uh, this kind of behavior? Um, it comes from hearts changing and responding in justice and love for others. This is the mission of Christ. This is what he produces. Um, this is what we want to see at FSU. Uh, God has pressed me even more so in seeing this, just how much... How much we need to be praying for conversions and longing for con conversion? I mean, you can go down to the, to the dean of students' office and, and talk, to, uh, uh, talk to the people there, talk to Mary Coburn, talk to people in the student counseling uh, you know, office and say, just all the struggles that are here at FSU. 
uh, people dealing with suicide, depression, with anxiety, um, with sexual harassment, sexual abuse, um, binge drinking, the, the whole thing is just a list of the, it's just life as we experience it, right? And the measures that they'll take to try to prevent that, to try to limit that, to try to contain that. So you go into the library and you're like, oh, only like 25% of students at FSU didn't get wasted this past weekend. You have like the, the statistics they put up there. You know, like 25% only had like three or more drinks. Like that means the other 75 percent. Um, to, to try to encourage, you know, uh, better behaviors. Trying to encourage a different life change, a different pattern of life. But how does that happen? Having through God entering into our life, uh, changing our hearts, calling us to love Him, and that that responds in how we love others. And the, um, <clears throat> the guy who's known as the player says, "I'll." I intend to never treat another girl badly, and I want to apologize for all the things that I've done and whatever else is going on. And you um, have life change after life change and repercussions that come out of it. Transform. I mean, I would, you know, you'd wonder how much is the whole town of Jericho. It certainly transformed the business of tax collectors. Um, like, there's probably some people that got a little bit frustrated about this, right? Like, your, your friend that's converted, and you're like, hey, this doesn't work out right anymore. What's, what's going on? Uh, he's the chief tax collector. All the other tax collectors are reporting to him. He's trying to go to the tax collectors like, hey, guys, by the way, no more defrauding. Uh, we're not allowed to take people, you know, go to the bullying. They're like, you're not allowed to take people's lunch money anymore. Like, what are you talking about? No, no more defrauding. We're going to be uh, precise, accurate, if anything, uh, generous toward them for what their amount is, and we're... We have an obligation to collect these taxes, but not beyond that, and with, a, with the right valuing of these people, right? Um, like, they're not going to respond to that very well. The whole business, the whole industry is being transformed. Not transform the industry if the, the merchants are bringing their wares in there. They're like, oh, like, this is different. You know, someone who's economics can, like, rotate through how all that continues to affect the economy. Um, uh, <coughs> Um, this is what we this is what we long to see. This is what Christ's mission is, and Jesus declares how that change comes about. Like he just got really excited. He's like, "I'm going to do things differently." No, salvation has come uh, to this house. Christ has come to his house and brought salvation, brought a new heart and new life. Uh, to Zacchaeus, and now even even the greedy extortionist, despised by everyone, has become one that people want to line up to Dio's house and receive from his generosity, his love, and his care. Uh, Jesus says this is his mission. It wasn't a chance event, wasn't a random uh, occurrence for him to uh, meet Zacchaeus. Uh, but as part of the, the essence of his purpose in the kingdom of God, Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. And he, as he is going into Jerusalem, as he is going to be betrayed and handed over and imprisoned and whipped and beat and condemned and executed and hang on the cross till death, he wants to meet with Zacchaeus. Because here's one who is lost, who he is going to Jerusalem to save. Uh, he's come to seek and to save the lost, not the righteous, not the moral, not those who are well, uh, the sick, the blind, the broken, the despicable sinners uh, like us come um, uh, to seek and to save us. He goes after the lost who are far from the right path to rescue them. And he goes <coughs> to Jerusalem <coughs> to suffer 
and die and accomplish uh, salvation. To accomplish the salvation of a dirty, greedy extortionist. To accomplish the salvation of broken, hurting, uh, sinful people like us. Are you lost? Jesus has come for your rescue. His purpose is what he came to die for. Are you found? You've seen the new life that he's uh, working in you. Rejoice in that. Uh, and he continues to seek and to save the lost even through you. What is grace to continue on? If you were in a conversation with Jesus, how would it go? What are the things that he would say to you? They would encourage you, they would challenge you, how they would draw your faith to him. How would his salvation uh, change our lives? Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we marvel and rejoice at what you uh, did in the life of Zacchaeus. Uh, We continue in amazement uh, of thousands upon thousands upon thousands throughout the history uh, of the world since that you have done uh, and how, Lord, you've even done that in us or people around us. Lord, uh, we pray for salvation and for encouragement. Lord, I would pray uh, for, for any, everyone here in this room, anyone uh, here in this room still lost, that you would seek them out, that you would show them uh, your grace uh, that saves and that converts and changes them. Uh, Lord, we pray for this campus. Uh, many that are lost, that are wandering, that are hiding from you, ignoring you. And we thank you that you are not a God who just says, well, forget about it then. You're a God who seeks uh, the lost. We pray that you have produced uh, salvation, conversion in the lives of many here. Uh, Lord, give us a role in it, if you will. Uh, We would respond with great joy. Lord, we pray that you would uh, encourage us. I pray for uh, struggling souls, uh, that this uh, message might rock their faith, that you wouldn't give uh, Satan a hold to lead them away from Christ, but all of us, as we hear it, it would draw us uh, toward him. We pray that you would strengthen us and encourage us with what you uh, are able to do and what you have done. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.